This is the Tea Health Show with Dr. Mark and Chris Avon Smith, sponsored by the Tea Clinic, the Tea Health Show, the medical lifestyle show. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark and uh, this is the Tea Health Show. In studio today we have Dr. Susan Goslett, chiropractor. Susan, you're my chiropractor. Good morning. Good morning. Thank and you so then, as me. always, our gut coach, Stacey Holland. Stace, morning. How good are you? Good morning. I'm good, thank you. And um, rocking some kind of merino outfit, um, <laughs> merino sheep outfit. Sim, you look vivacious as always. Our producer, Sim Piwe. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I try. <laughs> you so, like winter, hey? <laughs> You're the type of girl that likes winter. So today I've, uh, we're going to talk about something that in the past week became more and more relevant to me. And this is about the continuum of health. Um, Susan, you actually um, made me aware of this. Um, but I just want to create a little scenario. So... Our thoughts today are with Sister Elise mm. and her husband, Johnny. And why this is such an important topic for me is that up to last week, Thursday, Johnny was perfectly healthy and feeling 100% fine. And today he is in ICU and he's on his way to go and get an emergency bypass. Um because he has obstruction in one of his coronary arteries. Right. And Susan, this is the thing. Um, for, for so many years, up to Thursday, Johnny was asymptomatic. Um, and suddenly, there's symptoms and they are, or not symptoms, he's asymptomatic, he's lively, he's feeling perfectly fine. Yeah. But his health is hanging by a thread. His life is hanging by the width of an artery. Um, so tell us about the continuum of health. It's something that we've discussed on the show today. Am mm. I right? Yeah. Mm. So tell us more about this. Should I give you a little picture of it? So perhaps if you if you close your eyes and you imagine a mm. like a number line. Yes, please. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> so if you imagine like a number line, and on one end, let's say the left end is red, and this is where the state of illness is and potential death. So. Our dear friend is sitting in this place. On the other end of this continuum, of this number line, is beautiful and green. And this is the place of health and wellness. Mm. The thing about this continuum is that halfway along this continuum is a place of no symptoms. Mm. And we you can you can take your ruler. Yes. And um, yes, Mark, in the middle, in the middle of the ruler, this is where we're talking about okay. now. The so, middle of so the ruler you stand is. Stand here saying, I have no symptoms. I'm mm. good. I'm good. You know, you I think you're good. good. I feel good. This is, I'm healthy. I'm I right. have no symptoms. I have no symptoms. But you're only halfway along that continuum. Mm. You're halfway to so the end of the ruler. Either way. It could, it could go either. And that's and the question is which way on this continuum are you moving? But that good space shifts, right? Yes. But yeah. it's not only that the good space shifts. That, that ruler, um, you are moving up and down this ruler throughout your life. 
in yep. any case. Every yep. day. Every, every day. day. Every, every week. Every, every month. Every yeah. decision you make. Yes. Everything yes. you do is going to shift, shift you, you on that continuum. Yeah. So what are the actions that you engage in on a daily basis? What are your habits? Yeah. What, are the, what are the, you know, the things that you're putting into your body, doing with your body? What are you thinking? What are you mm. exposing yourself to? All of those things are going to affect how your body is moving on this continuum. Is that something that creates health in me? Is mm. that salutogenesis is the term? I'm creating health in my body. Say that mm. again. Salutogenesis. Salutogenesis. Create the genesis of you know what? health. When, when, when good. we want we are to. Creating good. Yes. Yeah. Salute. Yeah. Salute. Salute. I salute you. This yeah. is. This is. This is um, a podcast that's not governed by the broadcasting complaints. <laughs> So if you want to swear, you say so fuck. I can swear, Richie. Fabulous. That's the lubricant. So Genesis to you, Mark. <laughs> Versus, here's the swear word: pathogenesis. Mm. I am creating illness. There's pathology in my body. Okay. I am deteriorating. I am creating dis-ease. So, you know what? I said that um, we didn't. Um, brief Stacy in. <laughs> so, can we pick up the spot? Oh, yes, oh, because because I I throw things it. at her because it brings out um, so much more than a rehearsed kind of conversation. Sure. Yeah. So, Stace, this is something that you, in your speciality mm. as someone that works with the gut. Mm. The second brain, the actually, the most important organ in the body is the gut. Because it's developed on its own, it's autonomous, unlike the rest of the body. Tell us what you see with with this continuum. continuum. Well, it's exactly the foundation of my coaching because people come to me and they want a set meal plan for somewhere on this continuum, but they don't see it as a continuum. You know, we like to, I think I chatted to you about this. We like to compartmentalize things because then we know what we're dealing with. We can pigeonhole it. We can put a name on it. We can call it a disease, call it a set of symptoms. And that's not really how we work or how the body works, how health works. So when someone comes to me, I move them along this spectrum, this continuum in terms of foods that are good for them or maybe not serving them very well. And you can see what a bit of a mind fuck it is for people because it's not the way nutrition is done. It's not the way health is done. Give me half a slice of toast and half an apple because I can eat this and take this out and stuff, but it's not. We play around. Sorry, we move along and we see maybe broccoli doesn't work for you. Oh, maybe broccoli doesn't work for me this month. Yes. But last month yes. we did because I'm there. I I, you know, I can feel this. Of course. Certain things uh, change as my gut is improving. Um, you know what? I have to stop certain things yep. and can reintroduce yep. other things. And it's because our microbes are on this continuum. Our microbes. Yes, exactly. And we're constantly healing, constantly repairing, constantly moving back and reworking things. So that's one of the biggest mental mindset shifts that I need to make with our clients and our patients is that this this is where you are and every day you're constantly going to be doing what we call the dance. Yeah. And it is a dance. It's moving back and forth and around. Because and you've got to adapt to your environment. Exactly. So changing exactly. all the time. So yep. you've got to have this flexibility mm. and your diet's got to move with you. Yes. And that's how we develop resilience. So yes. we talk about movement. So Susan, you're a chiropractor. 
I am. Um, and <laughs> she got so excited. I am. <laughs> so you know what? I, really I, thing. I I want to because when I came to you on recommendation from our neurotherapist Thank Yvonne you, Van Bay, um, I I was very hesitant. And in our first consultation, I made it very clear to you that I don't believe in chiropractics because the way that chiropractics is practiced in South Africa is what we call in Afrikaans rikkenplik. Was that true? Yeah, rikkenplik. So actually it's an adjustment. Okay, so Susan, chiropractics is... A very, very old branch of medicine. Yeah. Well, it was developed before the the definitions of medicine. I mean, most medicine only actually developed in the 20s and 30s. Uh, and I'm sure there's a whole story attached to that. I don't know the history of medicine. Good grief! But yeah, <laughs> chiropractic started in the in the 1890s with so, with homeopathy and naturopathy. So all of and those, all of those, those were taught right in the traditional school. They were, they were schools. the common yes. thing. That, yes, that in your area was a naturopath. Yes, so you would go and see them. Yeah, in your area was a osteopath. Mm. You would go and see them. Mm. You would go and see whatever the healing profession was at that time yeah. in your area it was it was more like a trade so you would learn it your children would learn it and mm. in that environment that was what it was it only formalized later so i have um a friend who's a swiss italian and many years ago we were talking about chiropractic and I said, I've been to a chiropractor and he did an adjustment on me and I couldn't walk out of his office. Hmm. Um, and there was my block against chiropractic. Yeah. And she said to me, but Mark, that's for not the definition of what a chiropractor does. A chiropractor, especially in Europe, yeah. is still someone that works on you holistically yeah. from energy. Mm. It's an energy-based thing. And this Absolutely. is where I want to get to because yep. you are a brain chiropractor. Brain-based chiropractor, yes. Brain-based. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you, Sampiwe, do you know how she adjusts me? Gently. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> Essentially, yeah, it sounds very, like actually. I'm guessing she'll just hey, put her Mark, not hands me. on your shoulder. No, and there's a, no, no. No, that, that clicks no. down. That, well, that, I can tell you thing. that there's a yeah. click, but it's this little thingy that she presses with her thumb and it goes click. Oh. It's an integrator. I need so, to come to you. But you know what? And this is what I want <laughs> to, to get to. So. When we talk about ga- brain chiropractics, yeah. it's not about adjusting by by Force. moving. Mm. It's it's doing small little things. Mm. And when we talk about the continuum of health, yeah, we're doing it's about incrementally changing. Yes, small little that. things. So, how did you come onto this topic? Where did you of, start? Of the health continuum, or Brain-based chiropractic. I mean, there's a no, whole lot for here. Health Mark, continue. Help and <laughs> I would like you. I would like you to start with what the definition is given by. And I know a lot of people think that this is a swear word. Yes, the World Health, health Organization. Organization. Woo, the boogie but man. Their, but their definition of health is what is actually really good. Mm. 
You can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. No, you have to learn to. There's a little thing here that the state of complete physical, mental, and social well being. They just need to learn from their own definition. Hello. I mean, did they read this? And it's not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Yes. So you can have symptoms and things and actually still be healthy. Yeah. Because symptoms are something that happens in our body Mm. when we're out of balance. And our body's speaking as well. It's telling us. It's also cleansing. Yes. You're trying to get rid of something. Mm. I mean, snot is a great example. Exactly. You've got a bug that comes in. What does your body do? It kills it. It's Mm. got some... You got the whole the hormonal stuff. There's enzymes and things that'll kill that bug. Now you're sitting with this bug in your body. Your body mm. wants to get rid of it. Mm. Oh, mucus. Perfect. Yeah. Snot, out, cough, out. Yeah. Get rid of that bug. Well, it's a problem again that I see is that people, um, maybe it's an instant gratification world we live in, this filtered world we live in, this get rid of things very quickly world that we live in. You know, being sick for three or four days is not a train smash. You know, ha- having the flu for three or four days, even a week, is not the end of the world. It's allowing your body to actually deal with the buildup of what it's gone through. And you and I have attested to this yeah. in that we've been, since COVID, you know, we've been go, go, go. And we've also been sick quite frequently. But... I feel as if people rush to their doctors immediately. They want to get on medication. They want to stop symptoms. They want to dry up the snot. The very thing that the body is built and created to do right now because I can't afford to be sick. I need to be, you know, well, healthy in in one or two days. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I want to go back because I want to um, reiterate this. Right. It's not merely the absence of, of disease. disease, but it's being optimal in physical, mental, social. Yeah. And which, I think which what I'm assuming we, would incorporate emotional, spiritual. It, well, so this well-being. is what, I, this is yes. what I'm. This is what's lacking in this definition okay. is that we are human beings and we have a higher. Thing that yeah. also needs to be integrated. Yes. Yeah. So I was just thinking about this definition and going back to COVID, and I think to what we've done by isolating, especially our elderly, yes. um, the and the thing. disease that we caused in our elderly by locking them no into way. their yeah. homes yeah. where horrible. no one was able to get to them. Yeah. Um, in the African culture. Mm-hmm. You take care of the elders. Of the elders. Yes. Okay? Yeah. It's that in the Indian community mm. and not so much actually anymore in Western civilization. But your traditional Afrikaans, colored, Indian, black communities, all of us, took traditional care. cultures, and traditional do. cultures. You live in community. Yes, yes, you live yeah. together. And then, and you know what? The whole thing. The definition of optimal wellness. Mm. Is social well-being, mm. yeah, and we, we kill that. We, yeah. we by isolating, and this is what we're starting to see: yeah. the fallout, depression, anxiety, etc., etc. Yeah. So, Susan, we need to bring about the the recognition that 
the majority of us are stuck in a place where we accept that we're not feeling great. Stash, you just said that. We were not feeling great and we had to carry on with work. Um, and so many of us say, it's not that bad. I'm not going to yes. see my doctor. Yeah. What's even worse, yeah. and this is what we're seeing in our practice on a continuous basis, is doctors take a look, a cursory glance at, at results True. or a cursory little examination. Oh, no, you know, but nothing is wrong. And then they come to us feeling crap. And we say, I ask them, so what medication are you taking for your diabetes? What do you mean? I don't have diabetes. Mm. Um, so this is for blood results that come from your yeah. um, GP. Not- your <laughs> GP took this. Yeah. And it's actually, it's not open for interpretation. It's marked in fucking red. Yeah. Um, and your GP said to you, you fine. Yeah. Um, it's more tricky even when what my normal is and what your normal is yes, that are is different. True. Yeah. So so I have a really high pain b- tolerance pain or tolerance whatever it or is. blood yes. sugar level yes. or whatever as yeah. a normal for yeah. me. Or you're just maybe you're a type A personality it's not yeah. that it's normal for you but you know how to cope with the presenting I, symptoms okay. at so, that point so in time. So adaptability and ability of your system to cope mm-hmm. with the range is perhaps another thing. Yeah. But my normal is different from your normal. Exactly. Yeah. Blood tests are going to give you an average yeah. of a normative range. Yeah. Oh, if it falls within this range, you're fine. Yeah. I, the Susan, fact that I want to. I want to. End, yes, I want you to explain that because yes. that's what I see with my patients and hormones. So. Mm-hmm. Think of, for those who had math at school, think of a bell graph. For those who didn't have math at school, think of a bell. Think of a bell. <laughs> okay. okay. So, okay. some people, I'm going to, I'm going to describe this to you. Okay. Okay. So, here we have the bell. So, you can see the bell in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. On the left hand side, every, let me start there. Everything that is covered by the bell okay. is part of a normal distribution. So if you put the bell over something, if you're under the bell, you are normal. If you are outside of a bell... Abnormal. Abnormal. Okay, so here we have, on the left side of a bell, mm-hmm. little Johnny. Now, Johnny is as dumb as soup, but at the end of the day... Johnny so passes. Okay. He's normal. Okay. Now we start moving slightly towards the right. And mm-hmm. now we can see that the bell is getting higher and higher and higher. And at the top of the bell, that's the majority of people between 40 and 60%. You know, you know most of them were happy players in the second team. Um, so <laughs> now we move over to the right side of the bell. Yes. Okay. And mm-hmm. here you have Michael. Ooh, and Michael is the Ooh. captain of the first rugby team. He's the boy that's stooping most of the teachers. And just to piss you off, he is also the most clever boy in school, and he's only in Sanadate. Oh, wow. Okay. He's okay. saying a lot. So that's <laughs> Damn, Michael. He's at the top end of the bell curve. Okay. There you go. So they're all normal. Mm-hmm. So my patients come to me, and when we look at hormones, mm-hmm. um, they are 
within the normal range, they fit, they fit under that bell, mm-hmm. but they present with the symptoms Gym. of fatigue, yeah. depression, anxiety, lack of concentration, low energy levels, uh, erectile dysfunction, um, etc., etc. This is a stressed nervous system. Yeah. And <laughs> the first thing that I ask them is this question. You're falling within the normal distribution. Is it normal? Mm. No. Of course it is. It's yeah. normal. You've, you, you're in the range. It's average. And then I ask them, do you need treatment? Mm. And the answer is no. According to your range, that reference range, you are within the normal range. But I'm not feeling great. And then the question is, can you benefit mm. from treatment? And then the answer is yes, but only if you get the treatment right. Mm. So, and this is the continuum of health. Mm. So I'm asymptomatic. But I'm not optimal. Well, I find that many people, and I and I remember the first time I did a sort of one of those fitness transformations. You know, I was thinking it was going to be one of those twelve week, you know, three month things, and I'll have a banging body afterwards. Some body loading. You know what I mean? <laughs> it took me a year, and that's what I tell people: it'll take you a good year. You can achieve amazing results in three months, but you know, give yourself a year, especially if you want it to be sustainable. But my coach at that point in time said to me, Stacy, most people that I've trained achieve trained a crap load of people by that time she said most people i've trained when they come to me they've never ever allowed themselves the opportunity to feel what optimal health and fitness feels like so everything feels and i said it before we started like it's obsessive like oh she does too much oh she's obsessed with health and fitness or diet yeah but the only time only when you've achieved the optimal do you know what suboptimal feels like and so many people are sitting in suboptimal thinking well it's good i'm in my comfort zone i'm in my comfort i'm healthy i I have no too much you know you know what i often heard is live a little and i totally get that i totally get the concept of balance although i don't agree with it i I agree with the concept of harmony better in that, you know, sometimes things clash, but it makes a beautiful sound. You know, sometimes things don't work for you, but for me, it's a brilliant, beautiful sound, you know. So many people are afraid, I think. Yeah. To achieve or to, to start going to, if you, if you can imagine the spectrum that, um, Susan painted for us, that green area, they're scared of it. They, they're reluctant to do it. And I think it's because if I, if I taste that, if I experience that, if I feel that, I might go back. It's also, and, and it's, that might feel worse. It's also that you're pushing yourself out of the general norm. Mm. People I'm going to stand out. I'm, I'm going to stand out. And, yeah. and until you can, Identify with your uniqueness yeah. And say I'm going to do this This way and yeah. broccoli is Something that resonates for me and it yeah. works And I'm going to eat a whole bunch of it Because it provides this Optimum health place yeah. Even though everybody else is still eating Sugar and mm. whatever else It is that they're putting into their systems That it depletes Them yeah you're spending so much Energy processing something that Is not good for you mm. Versus but people still have the mindset that doing good, doing healthy, is almost like it takes too much energy. It's the same amount of energy. It's yeah. just one is more proficient than the other. But do you think as a neurochiro, though, that there are certain people that have the predisposition 
to be because to be healthy is it takes courage. courage. Let's be Absolutely. honest. Yeah. To come to you to move in that direction to choose to stand out takes courage. Always. And some people are going to have a predisposition to do that, and other people are all themselves going to have to be coaxed along that continuum. Or they don't yet have the capacity to do so. Okay. Their systems are. Suboptimal. Mm. Oh. So and that's where we come systems, in. Is it systems or is it executive functioning? Um, yes, I, I, I mean, okay, that, no, Ivani, where are you? That's the question yes. that I'm asking. Is, okay, so, yeah. so executive functioning is your prefrontal cortex. Yeah. So there's an area of your brain which helps you make all of these decisions mm. that enables you to step out there and, and do something courageous. Mm. And if the signaling in your brain is not working the way that it should, should do, be, you don't have the capacity to if you're go. Undernourished. If you're oh. undernourished, yeah. you're under-exercised, you're underslept, you're, mm. your system this is, is suboptimal. This is where we see hormones. And people think hormones, um, we talk about menopause mm. for women. And you know what? Where hormones for men, they think testosterone in muscles. Yeah. I, 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 I want to say, this, I say <laughs> this again. We are 50 hormones. Um, I've been... Five zero, just by the way. Yeah. I've, I've been in the current series of Real Health on DSTV Channel 176. Watch it. It's on every night. <laughs> so, um, on, in, this, in this current series, we're talking about hormones, but specifically female hormones. But I want to make this very, very clear. Um, when we talk about signaling in the brain, mm. the majority of people don't know that both estrogen and testosterone are made by the brain. Mm. Mm. For use in the, the brain yeah, In the brain and the body So yeah. when we look at testosterone specifically Testosterone is responsible for elevating dopamine levels in the brain So let's think about what dopamine does yeah. Testosterone is a hormone Dopamine is a neurotransmitter So hormones work by spreading in the bloodstream And affecting another organ So testosterone predominantly comes from our testicles and our ovaries And then it gets into the bloodstream Where it has functions in other parts of the body A neurotransmitter, Susan, help me if I'm wrong A neurotransmitter works between neurons So from one nerve to another nerve That's a neurotransmitter So dopamine being a neurotransmitter Is mostly responsible For the communication between those nerves As well as for the repair of nervous tissue Mm. So we need the testosterone to elevate our dopamine levels so that our brain can communicate with the rest of the nervous mm. system and so that we can repair our damaged nervous system. So in so many times this morning, if you go and listen to the podcast again and you listen carefully, we talked about a stressed nervous system. Mm. We talked about an inflamed nervous, nervous system. system. Yeah. So when we come to higher function, things like motivation mm. to get up and take the risk, the desire to get to up do it. and Absolutely. have the courage yeah. to think about yeah. moving on this continuum of health mm. out of a accepted state of Dis-ease mm. Or other words Disease mm. To a state of Optimal health We need 
balance in our hormonal systems which brings about a decrease in inflammation in the body mm. so that the brain can function and help us to move along. Do you think you know, I had a chat with a friend of mine who is in her mid to late fifties and looks amazing. We spoke about JLo and we spoke about good examples of women that age well. And it's not just an aesthetic, it's in their personalities, they're vibrant, they're vivacious, they've got a joie de vivre. And a few years ago in Real Health, I did an interview with um, a doctor who believes that we age because there's this inclination to accept that ill health, suboptimal health comes with aging. And therefore, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Do you not think that that's a huge problem with moving along this continuum? You know, where people say, oh, the bones start so, to creak and ache and it's normal. I get Accepting a little bit of it My hands absolutely didn't shut up But to that extent I'm like So hold on Yeah Because As you walked into the student Susan and I was having this discussion Oh really? And it, <laughs> it, 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 became, it became a little bit heated so, um, where, I, where we were talking about Life expectancy Hmm so, if we look at the evolutionary life expectancy of humans as a species, it was about 48 years. And where Susan and I differ <laughs> is I believe that, you know, it's through medical engineering, through Changing our lifestyles from hunter-gatherers to um, people that live in communities and support, etc., etc. We've changed that lifespan to something that's much longer. Mm. Now, I believe that from an evolutionary perspective, our bodies have not caught up. With the lifespan If If we were supposed to live 48 years Yeah You come into your prime In your early 20s Yeah And stay in the prime Until mid 30s So I'm going to go back He doesn't Susan want me to talk laughing. He's like giving me the hand Don't talk so, <laughs> I, I explain when I, when I do that bell curve Yeah I also tell people Tell my patients that if we look at mammals that live in groups, the majority of them have an alpha. An alpha is a combination, but listen carefully, it's a combination of attributes. Big, fast, strong, clever, Mm. dominant, Mm. not necessarily the biggest or the strongest, yes. but a combination Nation of, of both. It's, this, uh, it's of the them. setup of all of yes. these characteristics yes. that makes a whole yes. that works really well. Yes. Yeah. yeah, And that allows that individual to become an alpha for a period of time. Sure. And the new genetic material comes in and it pushes that alpha out to just a group member and eventually 
to the prey item mm. where we become weaker. What we have done through our lifestyle in medicine, etc., etc., is we have created a place where we stay in alpha for a short period of time, but instead of becoming a prey item, we just linger. Mm. And that, I think, is what I well, didn't get across to you. And the quality, well, the quality of life is really compromised in that lingering. But yeah. exactly. Yeah. That, that you, you're not... And this is where you move into this continuum of health of asymptomatic, sometimes symptomatic, mm. but not optimal health. So you no longer, mm. I want to say, a very... I actually, sorry, um, if I offend anyone, this is uh, hello, this, this is, is central. Sorry, this is <laughs> not. The Inuits had a good thing going by. If you are, become a burden on the community, we put you on an ice floe and we push you into the sea. Hmm. Because if we have to drag you along, yeah. you endanger mm. the, the whole community. community. Mm, yeah. But we're no longer doing that. Yeah. And I think COVID. Pointed that out to us so clearly, especially yeah. in Italy, mm. where we had so many of our elderly, elderly people that did not make it, and it overwhelmed mm. the healthcare system to such a degree that people who shouldn't die died right. because they had elderly that they tried to keep alive. Mm. Um, you know, so it is this thing. All where, the, all where's the priorities lie? Elderly that still had. That desire to fight But by virtue of their age They were that's resigned to this part of society That's like no Go and sit on your ice floor Exactly You know you go and do that So yeah. So how do we move people along this continuum of health okay, Or well, actually Okay, okay, okay so again yeah. coming back to the aging question yeah. Because obviously you disagree with Mark In certain areas there Yeah And 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 that desire Well or the, the regression that as we age, we move towards disease and towards suboptimal health and towards ill health. Is that something that people sort of latch onto and never let go? Well, it's it's the way our our, our medical soci- our, yes. our medical system works that way. Mm. It's intervention based. You're working from the outside, and you call in. a 35 year old woman a geriatric if she's pregnant. She's, she's having a geriatric, geriatric pregnancy. pregnancy. Oh, yeah. lovely! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I had a patient in my office yesterday who I nearly threw out the window, and you know my windows don't open. Who <laughs> um, said to me, um, you know what? I asked him because as I was going through my medical history, this guy was 22. Um, his mother is 48. Um, I'm older than the mother. And he said to me, um, you know, no, she's got the normal old age, old, old people stuff. What? And I looked up and I said to her, you little shit. I'm older than your I'm mother. You. I'm with you. So, and I asked this question because I'm 39 this year. And I, I honestly don't feel like what we've been taught 39-year-olds to feel like. I don't even feel like without being – it's not pompous or, con- or overconfident. I don't feel like I look like that. I went – I was in Cape Town over the weekend for my younger cousin's birthday. And I took a picture with her and her friends. And someone else remarked that you wouldn't be able to tell that I was almost – The older cousin. Yeah, I was much older. I'm old enough to be some of their um, – of her friends, their mums. Yeah. But – I feel that way within my space. And the minute I go out into society, I'm constantly reminded, oh, you, yeah, you're, getting, now, on, eh? you're, you're getting, getting on, you know, yeah. and I almost like 
<laughs> screw you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And the more I interact with those people, the more I feel it. But the less I interact with them, the younger I feel. Warren laughs at me. I walk to gym with a backpack. I look like I'm still in varsity, but I'm almost 40 years old. So, but the way you think, the engagement of that yes. affects your well-being. But is that not that's mental? In- that's your mental wellness is, is yeah. being, is being yeah. exercised there. That, but is that, that not an integral part of why we see people struggling on this continuum. Absolutely. Because okay. we say so, by a certain age, you should be this, do this, yeah, feel this. Yeah. Your yes. knees are going to go. Yes, your brain's exactly. going to go. You, oh, at that age. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's it normal. Becomes, yeah, and we're normalizing, we're normalizing it. it. Yeah. And we yeah. shouldn't be. We should I, be identifying should it as We start saying you're only as old as you feel. Oh, fuck oh. off. <laughs> <laughs> or the man that you feel. <laughs> My husband is younger than me. <laughs> That's the way to choose it. Absolutely. You're you're only as old as you feel. You know what? There are some mornings and, and when I was, when I was younger, my father was still alive. I come from a family that played competitive sport on a very high level. My father was a Springbok gymnast. He was an under 23 rugby player. He was a Springbok golfball player. And he had operations to his knees and his ankles. Yeah. And um, I saw him in the morning. Eh, 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 eh. And now my brother and myself, who followed in his footsteps, you know, and for so many years played competitive sport with so many injuries over time. Yeah. If I don't get up in the morning half asleep, I don't make it to the toilet to pee because I don't know where my feet are. Yeah. You know, to start walking. So yeah. if you tell me you're only as old as you feel, my ankles and my legs and feel are not treating them. <laughs> and you know, are 80. Let me tell you, they're at least 80. <laughs> but, but you see the damage that's there. You see the inconsistencies. Mm. So if you tell me I'm only as old as I feel, some mornings my body feel 80 but my brain feels 20 is that more is that not then the key is that that's where your power yes we we should be addressing the mindset the paradigm shifts that need to occur i like what you're saying but if we think about what people are denying and if we think about Mm. the definition of optimal health it includes optimal physical well-being now Susan, I want to ask the question, how do people identify, I'm asymptomatic, and I'm going back to Johnny, up until Thursday morning, mm. he got his two in his, in, into his car, he drove to Tabazimbi where he had the syncopial attack, mm. and on Sunday he was walking through macro feeling perfectly fine. Yeah. So, so how do I identify mm. where I am on this continuum? And if we've identified this, where do we go? Okay. I like this. I can work <laughs> with this. This is great. So your symptoms are going to be the obvious thing that'll, that'll tell you that there's something that's not working in your body. Okay. I'm system. asymptomatic. Yes. So you now have to go to the place of function. Okay. So if you are digesting well, mm. you're a gut expert, mm. you, there's a certain picture of a good, healthy gut. Mm. So oh, I may not, we spoke I may not, about poo. Yes. There's seven was, different types of poo, so right. it's type three and four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, Which is so, soft serve, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> True. Soft okay, I'm, this has gone right over my head. I'm going to have to catch up with you on that one. Soft serve. Right. <laughs> good. But... 
you're not you're not symptomatic. There's no yeah. there's no yeah. obviously something wrong. Yeah. But there is. Mm. There's a function that's not working, working. the way the way yes. it should do. Yes. So in in my practice, if I get patients to bend forward and touch their toes, toes and lean back and bend sideways in each direction and twist their spine, there's a certain expectation that they can do those movements comfortably and pain free. If they're sitting here, they're asymptomatic. I'm now putting their body into a place where I'm demanding mm. that they should be fully functional. This is optimum health. I am fully functional. functional. I can move my body through all of these ranges of movement. Yeah. If you cannot functionally do that, then there is an indication so that something is wrong. So you need to know, though. That's the thing. And, and you have to be aware of it. Yeah. You have to measure it. And yeah. this is consciousness. This mm. is where this over... Um, I'm. You're so fanatical about your health. Mm. No, I am conscious and aware mm. because I don't want it to deteriorate. Yeah. So if I am constantly measuring, yeah. can I put my chin on my chest? Can I put my head yes. back? Grip I know. strength. Grip strength. Yeah. I know. Mm. But so this, today, what I'm so saying today, is that people would need to either know what to do because if you think about it, I think it's crazy that, you know, something like nutrition, for example, is not part of our curriculum because how do we live in a body yes we should be knowing this but many people don't know this so even with johnny i think the sad thing is that maybe when we get to speak to him because we're going to be hopeful but when we get to speak to him what was it i know with my dad's heart attack and and he was also asymptomatic and the next thing you know we were rushing in between one hospital and the next and a stent was being fitted and then with the calling us to say goodbye afterwards you know my dad had to learn to let go he had to learn to let go of gripes and grudges and bitterness and yeah. anger. Yeah. And he never connected the dots that a heart attack and that way of thinking and living and being were connected. Isn't your heart your emotional world? Exactly. But he actually, when he, when he sat down to reflect, and he never gave himself the opportunity to do that before, when he actually sat down to reflect, he started realizing, ah, I was... Normally tired, you know, at the end of the day, now starting to get tired at midday. I, you know, would do, you know, five, ten squats and then some bicep curls and then I couldn't do it anymore. Like then only with reflection. And I think maybe that's what we've, we're missing. We're missing doing that. Yeah. We do not take the time, time to take stock. I'm too mm. busy to check in with yeah. myself. Yeah. So, so this is lifestyle stuff. You wanted to know how yeah. you get into the wellness. So you now have to consider what is your lifestyle? What are the habits you're engaging in? And is it more efficient, more productive to take the time out to measure these things, yeah. to become aware of them, to yeah. reflect on them yeah. so that I can, I can see, I can very quickly pick up. Yes. Because you're on a curve. And if this curve is going downhill, if you notice it, the sooner you notice it, the more you can, you can do something to pick it up and go, yeah. ah, Right, I'm on a downhill slope here. Let me do something to pick it up. So, Simpiwe, mm-hmm. live hard, play hard. Is it something that you do? I try, but okay. I don't do it as much as I'd love to. Okay, you know? live that so, life to the full. What is, what is what yeah. is your what is your definition of live hard, play hard? It would be when I'm not working. Like out and about trying new things with my friends, going to restaurants. Um, it would be trying to live my dream, you know, which is uh, drinking a mimosa, you know, somewhere <laughs> in the world. There's a white beach here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can hear the sound of the ocean. Squeezing the most out of every moment or... 
I walls saw, to the walls every I moment. saw a patient yesterday. Ah, it's two different things. Very different yeah. things. Saw a patient yesterday. She's 70 years old. And she was referred to me by her daughter. Okay. And I asked her, why are you here? Is it just to get your daughter off your back? And she said to me, yes. So I said to her, okay, well, you've been here. Shall we stop this now? No. Hold on. <laughs> Hold We're on. Here now. But wait, there's more. <laughs> you are here now. Yeah. So... In my practice, and stage you see this, I take my, my blood results and I write it on one form because it makes it very easy for me to compare because that's what we do mm. is things change. And, You're you know, it's, them. it's not it's not good enough to just look at what's happening now. It's what's happening now in relation to what happened previously. So I, pick, I picked up the form and I highlight any abnormalities Out of that the I see in the biochemical testing and I hold it held it up and I said to her can you see this there are so many things that are out so I've taken your medical history before I did this with you you have a family history of severe cardiovascular disease. Your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and your younger sister has had cardiac events. Your mother had a stroke. She lived for 15 years after the stroke. If you look carefully, you can see that I've marked your cardiovascular markers. Okay? Your cholesterol is elevated. If you have to pick between a stroke and a heart attack, what do you pick? Because you are going to have either one or both. Mm. And I said to her, is this how you want to re- live the rest of your life? Because if it is, Please continue. This, con- <laughs> this consultation is done. done yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know what? You've appeased your daughter. You came to see me. But what are you now going to do with the information that I've given you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Are you willing to change this? Because if not, you're wasting your time, your money. And someone else's opportunity who wants to change to come and see me where I can guide them, but I can't make you. Mm. And this is the thing about this continuum of health that for me is so incredibly important. Mm. I look at my peers in the medical fraternity. Susan, you are dealing with us. Stacey, you are dealing with us on a continuous basis. Patients present with us with symptoms. If they don't have symptoms, they do not present. Yeah. Okay? So medicine, the general practitioner, works on this continuum of health from death on the one extreme mm. only to, that to maybe point. halfway exactly asymptomatic. The patient doesn't have symptoms. Yeah. I want to ask this question. How many of you who are listening to this podcast at the moment go for a yearly checkup, a full yearly checkup? Mm. How many of you out there are aware of small little changes in social well-being, in mental well-being, mm. in physical well-being? Mm. If something change, this a problem something is changing which means that you moving along this continuum out of a state of optimal well-being 
into a state of disease. Mm. And if you want to live a quality of life, and this is what everyone is after. You just said, I want to live hard, play hard. I want to sit on a beach, have a mimosa. It's a quality of life. I think even the cessation of symptoms is something that is subjective. If I, my coaching model um, is think, eat, move, track. So whenever someone sits in front of me, even though they're coming because they've got IBS or diarrhea or constipation that doesn't resolve, we start with think. How do they think about their symptoms? What's their state of mind? What's their level of stress? What's going on, you know, in this brain? Then eat is not just what they put in their mouths, but what they put on their skin because your skin eats. Everything Everything. you're exposing your body to. And also, what are you consuming? Yes. Yes, on social media, all of that. So what are you eating? And digesting or even not digesting and assimilating. Move is not exercise. It's are you going for a walk? Are you stretching? Are you moving? Do you are, feel are cramped? You twisting? In? Are you twisting? Yes, it's exactly. Twisting so movement. what movement do you happens on a daily basis? And, Susan and just, likes twisting by the <laughs> Twisting by a chiro is the best. <laughs> the right chiro. And then finally, track. And we cannot change what we cannot measure. So we track thinking, we track eating, we track movement, and we track tracking. We journal, you know. We 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 use various um, you, apps. You've and seen our yep. our. Yeah. Our tracking forms yes. that our patients fill in on a weekly basis. basis. Yeah, and this is where your yearly checkup is not enough. Yeah. So if you're saying to somebody you need to go for a yearly checkup, you're going to miss a whole lot of stuff that's happened in that year. Mm. This reflection, this mm. tracking, needs to happen on a far more frequent basis. Regular for you basis. To pick it up. Yes. I'm, you're I'm, on I'm, a curve again. You're either going down or you're going up. Yep. If you're not watching that curve, yeah. you're going to hit the death and destruction zone. Well, what I see is that when I assess them in this model of think, eat, move, track, I realize that where they think they're symptom-free. They're not. They're not. They're suddenly becoming aware. Yes. And that heightened sense of awareness then makes them realize, okay, I'm actually not in the middle of that continuum. I'm on the symptom side. I'm a little, you know, a little and bit. which way am I moving exactly. on that continuum? We, if I'm we, moving downhill, then hmm. I have a problem. Yes. We're yeah. getting to the end of um, our time, but I've just received um, a uh, WhatsApp from Elise. And okay. she said that... One of the things that we need to discuss is personalities mm. because Johnny mm. is one of the most gentle souls that I know and his personality and pleasure in life is to give other people comfort and joy. Yeah. And you know what? His personality is not to complain. So um, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't complain. How do we deal? How do we help these people? Yeah. You know what? Um, I find this a lot with mothers, mm. um, grandparents. Mm. Um, my mother was like that. Mm. She was battling, especially towards the end of her life, mm. but wouldn't complain, especially to me yeah. as. Most probably the person that she should have consulted first. Mm. Um, and I would have said to her, go and see your GP mm. because I, I refused to treat her. Mm. Um, too close to the family. You know yeah. what? How, how do we, how do we do Such this? How do point. we bring around? Yes. Yeah. Elise, thank you for this. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know that we're thinking about you mm. and Johnny. So how do we help our, our people that care so much 
about the people around them that they would forsake their own well-being. Yeah, because I can, I'm, I've never met Johnny, but I can imagine you would think oh, he's even the most gentle person. And Elisa shared that, and I, and I imagine that he would be the type of person. My my wife is a nurse. She works. She comes home. She wants to and relax. She works with Mark, and she and works that's with that guy, Mark. You know, and yeah, exactly that. Ugh, this is nothing to be worried about, and I also don't want to worry her. It's not just a personality thing. Maybe it's it's that's it goes back to that societal health structure or infrastructure. We need support. Yeah, we need to create support. Yeah, both internal support yeah. and external support. Mm. Um, and the people that are always nurturing somebody else. Push that off all the time And mm. they end up isolating themselves From what they need most mm. And you can be an extrovert and have like a whole bunch of friends Or you can be an introvert and have just one or two Really important connections But if you don't utilize that support Then you're going to try and take it all on onto yourself So should we Should the message that we're actually sharing with people out there Is apart from reaching out Yourself, Should we be reaching out to those individuals in our lives that we know are the ones with the thick skin, they're tougher, they never have issues, they never complain. They're all okay. They're always okay. Are those the ones, because we also have, on, conversely, on the spectrum, we have those friends they're that complain. can't stop complaining oh about gosh. everything, you know? So they're, is, they're getting the support they need. Is it a challenge then to us and those that are listening to say, you know, make a list now of five people or four people. Even if it's just two or three people Reach out to them Ask them if they're okay And, and just probe a little bit Like are you really okay Because I can already think Of two people that I so need to do that we were, with We were talking And I, I remember what Elise said to me yesterday She was sitting in my office She came from the hospital And she said Mark what we need to do yeah. uh, No it was actually Yvonne um, What we need to remember Is we can spot Changes mm. in other people's behavior, physical appearance, physical well-being, sometimes much quicker than they can, can themselves. Mm. And if we're paying attention, if we're connecting, you absolutely. Know think about it. Mm. If you haven't seen someone for a month, mm. you recognize changes in that person far quicker yeah. than the person that's seeing them on a daily, daily basis. Mm, yeah. Because um, if this is something that I it's deal the with. contrast between yeah. the two. This is the, the, the thing that I deal with with my aesthetic patients mm. is the brain has a photo of what the person looks like. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and there's not a gross change, Mm. You don't recognize well, the, the change. Is, you're updating that photo every day. If, you're looking, every you're, time that you look in the mirror. Every time you look in the mirror, you're updating photo, that photo. So if it doesn't happen during your sleep, last night I looked in the mirror and I was perfect. And the next morning you wake up with this big <laughs> swelling on your face. You're, yeah, oh my God, where did this come from? Yes. Yeah. Because there's a change. Yeah. yeah. So it is this. Our friends, our family, our support structures, our strangers mm. that see you from time to time mm. will recognize changes in physical well-being, appearance, behavior, mental well-being quicker than the person that's with you 
24 hours a day mm-hmm. and maybe that is something that yeah. you know what gets someone yeah. um and you know what that mental snapshot of what they have of you mm. can be a very good indication of how good you are so we've come to the end of a show um elise johnny we are thinking of yes, you guys sending love good Lots luck love. we know that everything will be fine yeah um susan it's been a pleasure to have you on thank the you. show thank you for being part of our team we will have you here much more often yes. Stas, it's always a pleasure thank next you. week um we're starting one of uh, the episodes in a series on cancer. I'll be doing that with um, Leanne Latimer from Eurolabs. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Dr. Uh, Adam Nosworthy, an oncologist, is going to join us. And we're going to specifically be talking about anorectal cancer, something that's far more predominant than we care to believe. Mm. So join us next week on anorectal cancer. Susan, again, thank you. And everyone, stay healthy, stay safe. Have a great week. And remember, it's all about moving from I'm okay to fuck, I'm awesome. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Cheers. The Tea Health Show, medical lifestyle show.